squalid as the houses of the poorest children I have visited in rural Mississippi. But there is none of the greenness and the healing sweetness of the Mississippi countryside outside their windows, which are often barred and bolted as protection against thieves. Some of these houses are freezing in the winter. In dangerously cold weather, the city sometimes distributes electric blankets and space heaters to its tenants. In emergency conditions, if space heaters can't be used because substandard wiring is overloaded, the city's practice is to pass out sleeping bags. You just cover up and hope you wake up the next morning, says a father of four children, one of them an infant one month old, as they prepare to climb into their sleeping bags in hats and coats on a December night. In humid summer weather, Roaches crawl on virtually every surface of the houses in which many of the children live. Rats emerge from holes in bedroom walls, terrorizing infants in their cribs. In the streets outside, the restlessness and anger that are present in all seasons frequently intensify under the stress of heat. In speaking of rates of homicide in New York City neighborhoods, the Times refers to the streets around St. Anne's as the deadliest blocks in the deadliest precinct of the city. If there is a deadlier place in the United States, I don't know where it is. In 1991, 84 people, more than half of whom were 21 or younger, were murdered in the precinct. A year later, 10 people were shot dead on a street called Beekman Avenue, where many of the children I have come to know reside. On Valentine's Day of 1993, Three more children and three adults were shot dead on the living room floor of an apartment six blocks from the rundown park that serves the area. In early July of 1993, shortly before the first time that I visited the neighborhood, three more people were shot in 30 minutes in three unrelated murders in the South Bronx, one of them only a block from St. Anne's Avenue. A week later, a mother was murdered and her baby wounded by a bullet in the stomach while they were standing on a South Bronx corner. Three weeks after that, a minister and elderly parishioner were shot outside the front door of their church, while another South Bronx resident was discovered in his bathtub with his head cut off. In subsequent days, a man was shot in both his eyes, and a ten-year-old was critically wounded in the brain. What is it like for children to grow up here? What do they think the world has done to them? Do they believe that they are being shunned or hidden by society? If so, do they think that they deserve this? What is it that enables some of them to pray? When they pray, what do they say to God? Walking into St. Anne's Church on a hot summer afternoon, one is immediately in the presence of small children. They seem to be everywhere in the garden, in the hallways, in the kitchen, in the chapel, on the stairs. The first time I see the pastor, Martha Overall, she is carrying a newborn baby in her arms and is surrounded by three lively and excited little girls. In one of the most diseased and dangerous communities in any city of the Western world, the beautiful old stone church on St. Anne's Avenue is a gentle sanctuary from the terrors of the streets outside. A seven-year-old boy named Cliffy, whose mother has come to the church to talk with Reverend Overall, agrees to take me for a walk around the neighborhood. His mother cautions me, he does tell fibs, then gives him a hug and tells him, be as interesting as you always are. 
There are children in the poorest, most abandoned places who, despite the miseries and poisons that the world has pumped into their lives, seem, when you first meet them, to be cheerful anyway. Cliffy, as we set out onto St. Anne's Avenue, seems about as buoyant and as lively and as charmingly mysterious as seven-year-olds anywhere. He also seems to feel no shyness and no hesitation about filling the role of guide that he has been assigned. Reaching up to take my hand the moment that we leave the church, he starts a running commentary almost instantly, interrupting now and then to say hello to men and women on the street, dozens of whom are standing just outside the gateway to St. Anne's, waiting for a food pantry to open. At a tiny park in a vacant lot less than a block away, he points to a number of stuffed animals that are attached to the branches of a tree. Bears, he says. Why are there bears in the tree, I ask?